You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast, where we talk to Gemma Parandere. Gemma shares many things about her running journey with us, including the fact that she sometimes struggles with body image and that as she's got a little older, she's now learnt to work with her body and not against it. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I get to meet a new friend and I get to introduce her to all of you guys as well. So Emma Parandere, did I do that all right? Oh, sorry, Emma. Gemma, <laughs> I know your first name. It's only a surname that I was having trouble with. Parandere, how's that? Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> I hope it was. You're not just being really kind. <laughs> Gemma, it's wonderful to have you on board. Thank you. I know, you, where do you live? We'll just start with that. Where do you live at the moment? Then we'll um, right now I'm in Brisbane in Queensland. Ah, you're in the sunny yeah. place. Well, it's yes. actually sunny here too. Where did you grow up? Let's start from the beginning. Okay, well, I was born in the UK um, in the southwest, just outside of a town called Bournemouth. So yeah. in the New Forest, if people know where that is in Dorset. Yeah. And, um, and I, I lived there up until I was about 18 before I fled the nest and moved to Scotland for university. Wow. And I was there for a few years and was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to finish my degree at QUT in Brisbane and I came over here having never lived anywhere else except for the UK and didn't know anybody in Australia and I just came over and just loved it and fell How in love with Australia. How brave are you? You're so brave. It is <laughs> or just naive. Brave... <laughs> no, not at all. It's also, it, it, well, from afar, I have British um, background, but from afar, it seems like people in the UK, uh, they like Australia is like the place you really want to go is that what made you think to come this like was that yeah in your head? yeah it was actually um I was pretty obsessed with Australia when I was a child and I um for some unknown reason like you know I grew up in the 80s and the th only things I'd ever really heard about Australia was Mad Max <laughs> um pretty, which I loved um and still Maybe. love Priscilla Priscilla Queen of the Desert and the Backpacker Murders and which obviously was not a reason to move to Australia. <laughs> That's why you went a long way away. Like <laughs> Queensland's quite a long way from where that happened. <laughs> yeah, I just know. always, it was, it was always somewhere that was just, you know, growing up in the UK, you're kind of in the middle of Europe and yeah. where like everything kind of mm. is and it's the centre of your universe. And Australia just seems like this far flung place that's full of strange creatures and adventure and like kind of like the final frontier and it really appealed to me and wow. I just loved kangaroos growing up as well my my teddy as a kid was a kangaroo and, no um, and I just always wanted to live in Australia and when the opportunity came up when I was at uni to to basically finish my degree over here I just jumped at it and did everything I could to make sure that I was the person that got the scholarship so <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> all right now you've got all these little things are popping off in my head so Let's go back a little bit. Do you have siblings? You have some. Yep, I have a sister. Yeah, old sister. Is she still in the UK? 
yep, she's in the UK with my my niece as well. So um, who was born during COVID, so I haven't met her yet, unfortunately, but 2022 is the year. Year of traveling. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So at school, were you sporty? Did you do? Um, Yes and no. I mean, through primary school, I was really sporty. I was involved in every sport that the school had going. I just had a lot of energy and I was a very much an outdoors kid I loved climbing trees and making mud pies and (laughs) dens and things like that um through high school I was kind of sporty but not really it kind of dropped off into my late teens um I played a lot of netball and I always always played netball and Mm -hmm. and tennis and badminton but I never was really on any teams and I wasn't my school was very focused on lacrosse and I wasn't very good at lacrosse. So I was never on those teams. So I probably kind of add more to the side of being a horrible teenager and smoking and drinking in boys than I did being health conscious and being athletic. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I kind of tapered off, but then I, I picked, I played netball through, through uni and when I moved overseas and, um, that's something that I never dropped. So it picked back up again when I when I moved overseas, actually. So when you when you moved overseas, which is here, this is yep. the overseas, well, Australia, <laughs> this is the overseas. Do you think the netball, because it's a sport that you can pick up, you know, a lot of places, that helped with your networks and like making yeah, friends and for things? sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the main reason I really pursued it. Um, I actually I lived in Australia. Um, for two years and then I got the opportunity to go overseas overseas again and I lived in the Maldives and um, and the Middle East in Abu Dhabi for a while as well so um, and so sport was always this one thing that was like a link to an existing community that I could tap into and um, when I came back to Australia after my little stint overseas a lot of the friends I'd had during uni had moved on to various Mm -hmm. different parts of the country or the world and I kind of had to start again and so that's when I really got into sport because I needed, oh, wow. needed a community and some friends and a social life and sport was the easiest way to get it. So apart yeah. from the the fact that it's great for that creating a community around especially when you're new in a place what what else was it about sport that that kept you you know coming back to it were, you, were, were there other things or was that the main drag the main reason that you did that? Do you think yeah um I mean community obviously is a big thing and, mm. and friendships but I've always really been an active person I, I love to travel and I love to I love adventure so whether it's you know going on big hikes or mm-hmm. um scuba diving going and visiting places where you really kind of need to be fit to and and, and capable of doing things that's always yeah. been a big driver for me is to maintain my abilities and never be limited by my fit so my health and and yeah. so um I remember I was um, in Tanzania with some friends and we were going on this big hike and um and it was the first time I'd ever done something where I felt like a bit of physical strain like oh, wow. where I really had to try hard and um I think that was for me kind of a, a real motivator to really start getting more into health fits and sport than I had been before oh, that's interesting. so yeah being able to just do things. And yeah, like that, things. to make the most of life and what life throws at us, I guess. That's yeah. how, how I think of it too. I love that. That's great. So like, yeah. 
I am burning to know what do you do? <laughs> what is your what is this thing you did in university and then you you came to Australia and studied and, and all of that and 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 uh, yeah. um, tell us about that. Yeah, so well, I'm an environmental scientist. Um, oh. That's my bread and butter. So um, my I, I've specialised in marine science, but more kind of estuaries. So like where the yep. rivers meet the sea. So yep. that kind of so water. Um, like the two outdoors. Habitat, yeah, it does, yeah. And actually it's something that um, means that I've always been able to travel a lot for work, mm. um, which I really appreciate. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of my thing and I've been doing it now for 17 years. And oh, yeah, wow. that's a, it's a long, <laughs> it's a long-term career for sure. So, uh, like a lot of people who... Um, go through university and become, do professional things, their professional work doesn't necessarily help them stay fit. <laughs> you know, it's, it's often they're in an, an office or, I don't know, school or whatever, but they're not really staying fit, whereas I would think, I get like I said, you get to go outdoors a lot, but that's about all I know about being an environmental scientist, which is <laughs> terrible. Um, maybe do you have to stare at lots of, um, you know, slides and things in a lab? Do you do a lot of that kind or is not, not too much? No. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for, for I'd say the first good 10 to 12 years of my career, it was outdoors a lot. I was doing a lot of field work. So going out and looking at, um, you know, surveying trees and vegetation and making, you know, looking yeah. at what condition plants, and, you know, the vegetation and then forests and things were in, um, taking soil samples has been a big part of my career. So digging holes. Wow. <laughs> um, and generally being quite filthy all day because I'm digging around in the dirt. Um, Sounds amazing. <laughs> and yeah, sort of um, always, yeah. So, so I was doing that for a big part. It's really only been the last sort of four years. Um, I changed jobs about four and a half years ago yeah. um, and working in local government now. And yeah. I don't get out to do field work as much as I used to. Mm. I'm definitely more office-based now, but I yeah. still get to go outdoors a lot. But yeah, before that, I was definitely doing heaps of field work and lots of like, you know, days where you would hike at least 10, 10 hours, you know, for 10 hours in a day, um, carrying all of your field gear, which was, you know, star pickets and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Like it was like doing an over, like overnight hike um, every day. Do you test the soil while you're out there? Sorry, just naive questions. Or no, do you no, have to drag it back with you? We would drag it back. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't do the laboratory testing. So wow. we would send it off to a lab to do yeah. the testing because there's lots of, you know, conditions that you have to, to have to be able to test um, the mm -hmm. chemical testing and things. So we would have to carry all of that back with us and a lot of it was we did a lot of work in central and northern Queensland so oh, wow. um yeah it was hot <laughs> most of the time there was a lot of snakes and ticks and wow. all spiders and all the rest of the things that you'd have to deal with and um yeah it was quite different to, to my say, this kid, in the UK. kid from the UK thrown yeah. into basically some of the most hostile part of Australia <laughs> when it comes to the animals yeah. and the weather and all of that yeah around. and I did you know I obviously I, I get a bit scared sometimes about stuff I'm not like this big brave person who can I definitely can't deal with spiders at all oh, really <laughs> my partner th yeah my partner thinks it's hilarious every time there's a huntsman in our house um I <laughs> kind of freak out but um but you just have to learn to deal with it in those situations and try not to to 
to be a coward <laughs> in front of all the guys. <laughs> so just kind of put my big it, girl pants on and get well, on. Weird. When you're out there, it's a little bit different than when they're in your house. Like if I have a yeah. cup of tea while we're bushwalking or whatever, because we do a lot of hiking too, um, and a fly fills in my, I, I'll just flick it out, the, the fly, if it fills in my cup of tea, for example. But if I yeah. have something like that in my cup while I'm here in the house, I will tip it out. I won't. There is no way I'm drinking that. <laughs> no way. And make another one. I think it's weird. It's, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. I kind of feel it's like um, when when you're in their habitat and their ecosystem, you know, in their home, you just accept that you're a visitor and you can't, you know, you, you're just there. Whereas yeah. if they're in my house, in my home, and I have to sleep in that same room, I'm like, look, there's nothing in here for you. <laughs> like you're best off back outside. Back off. So that's my, I don't like killing anything, but yeah. I definitely don't really want it inside. <laughs> yeah, I totally yeah. understand that. <laughs> All right. So now we know where you came from, where you live now and what you do. How did you start running? Because obviously, you, you know, a mutual friend of ours has recommended you for the podcast because she's a runner and you run too. So tell us about your running journey. How did that start? Yeah, so I guess I've always kind of done a bit of running um, on and off all the way since I was a kid. So um, because I played a lot of netball, I, mm -hmm. I would often do a bit of running kind of to, to help with my fitness for running during netball um but it was never really anything that structured I did a little bit of cross country at school but not I wasn't very good at it to be honest which is ironic now um and um I was a pretty good sprinter when I was a kid but I but I never really pursued it as a sport um so it was always just supplementary to to Other whatever else I was doing mm -hmm. yeah um, and it wasn't until probably 2012 when I came back from the Middle East back to Brisbane and was looking um, for, a, for a sport to get mm -hmm. to, to sort of pick up and get involved with. And a friend of mine at the time, um, her partner was uh, quite a keen cyclist and they were doing, they'd signed up to do the Noosa Triathlon. Mm -hmm. And she asked me if I would like to do it in a team with her. And so I started swimming because it was one thing I could do was swim. And so I started swim training for the triathlon. And then um, I went and did the Noosa triathlon with her and another friend in this team and was just blown away by what people were doing. You know, they were swimming <laughs> and then riding a bike and then running. And, then and running. I just, and I just couldn't believe that this was what people did and I thought it was so cool and I just wanted to give it a go myself and that's kind of how I started to really pick up running wow. that's like where it really started I'd say as I started entering a lot of fun runs and 10ks and started going to park run and and kind of picked it up from there and wow. um yeah then it kind of just became what I did and <laughs> now it's just part of who I am yeah <laughs> I love that part of who you are it's amazing actually how many people on the podcast have said that you know running is just part of who they are now like they they can't really imagine it not yeah. being a part of their their week or whatever which I think is really cool so did you did you start actually doing triathlons as well the, all the other yeah. things too <laughs> yeah I did I did um I started um out with sort of like the enticer distance so just the short really mm -hmm. short distance triathlons for the series in Queensland and southeast Queensland um, that I don't know if it's still called the Gatorade Queensland Triathlon Series, but that's what it was back then. And um, yeah, and it just really gradually 
kind of increased from there. So I started doing the sprint distance triathlons and then I did my first Olympic distance. So that's where you do oh, um, 1500 meter swim, uh, 40K bike ride and a 10K run. Mm-hmm. And then I started entering thing like half marathons and, um, and then I did my first um, uh, like long course triathlon. So it's commonly known as like a half distance Ironman. And I really, I found that I was actually much better at that distance than I was at the shorter distances because I'm oh, wow. really not much of a sprinter. I'm not particularly fast at anything, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, swimming, cycling or running. Um, but I had a lot of endurance. And I, um, my coach at the time, he was the first, I got a coach to help me work out how to do all of this stuff. Yeah, I know. That's, and that's a question. <laughs> yeah um and he at the time he used to call me the diesel because I could just run all day quite efficiently so um yeah so then I I picked up and I did quite a few half Ironman distance Mm -hmm. uh, triathlons and I started running more and more half marathon distance um road runs Mm -hmm. and then I found the trails and um my my coach the same coach he 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 was encouraging me to start doing more trail running um to sort of as a a means to kind of improve my running in the in the triathlons and so I probably started trail running around 2014 I'd say Mm -hmm. and started entering the local series here in Queensland the the Queensland Southeast Queensland triathlons uh, uh trail running series yeah um and the community in trail running was so different to triathlon at the time. It's kind of changing now, but back then there was no ego. It was really yeah. just a bunch of dirtbags wanting yeah. to just run on the, run in the bush and have a nice time and maybe drink a beer afterwards. And that yep. really appealed to me <laughs> more than like, you know, how you looked in Lycra and how fast you were on the yeah. bike, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's kind of the evolution of it really. Um wow. And then since then, it's just kind of gone out of control. I've done some really big events. And do you do? Yeah. Um, do you still do triathlon now? Or are you more into the trail? You kind yeah. Of- no, I I did um a full Ironman distance triathlon yeah. um Ironman um Australia in Port Macquarie in 2016, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the process and the achievement and actually doing the race. It was mm-hmm. a huge achievement for me to do that. But I yeah. think there was quite a few people who weren't sure that I finish <laughs> um but I really enjoyed it but it was really too much um in terms of a commitment yeah. to be able to train three disciplines to mm-hmm. that level at, it was just all consuming and I don't have a life where I can just totally devote it to mm-hmm. the sport so um that's the last time I did a triathlon mm-hmm. and I have never said never like I can see myself doing another Ironman one day but it's got to be at a time in life where I've probably got the ability to yeah. prioritize it then how, yeah. how did you manage to because that often like I've got lots of friends who do trial triathlon and who've done the um the Ironman as well and I just I never quite know how they fit it all in with the three disciplines I mean running's easy yeah. to find time for whereas you know cycling is obviously you have all the gear and you've got to you don't just you tend to not just head out the door. There's all this stuff you've got to do. And swimming, you've got to go there often. You have to go to a pool or to the ocean or whatever. So how did yeah. you find time to to do that? Or you just decided that was what you were doing that year or whatever? Yeah, I think you just have to completely prioritise it over everything mm. else. And I still find that now even with running ultra marathons and things. Mm. Like 
the only way to really like you could probably sort of muddle your way through something like that if you've got a really you know like a, a decent level of fitness and mm. and discipline and mental strength you could probably muddle your way through but you wouldn't I mean I never really see the point of just finishing like yeah um I've done a lot of races where I've just finished I have some the races where I probably my only goal is just to finish but I always like to try and do the best I can as well and if yeah. you're not able to put in the work then you're never going to be able to, to do that so um with Ironman I just had to prioritize over everything else so it came ahead of work and life mm. and everything else that was going on which was hard I actually just started a PhD at the same time as oh, no. <laughs> so I had to kind of really be really organized and prioritize you know I would get up early in the morning and um during the week and I would get my my run or my bike session in first thing and then in the evenings would be when I would do the swim and the strength stuff and um weekends were fully devoted to, to long rides and long runs and I just everything else went on, on hold so wow. yeah it was hard yeah. and uh it's not something I don't know how people do it all the time personally like I don't I think there's a bit more to life than, <laughs> than that but um but I certainly like that's how I had to deal it yeah was just you, to make it the number one thing do you think you're are you goal orientated so like the oh, yeah. that that idea like I'm wanting to complete the Iron Man was what got you through what I assume there would have been some tough days and some tough trainings that we didn't want to go or whatever but those yes. that kind of the goal was yeah. what pushed yeah. you forward yeah, I am really goal orientated in every aspect of my life. I, I, I'm probably what people call a type A personality. I like to achieve. So, um, and, and it's not for anybody else but myself. I like to feel like I'm achieving things yeah. in my life. And, um, and so that it's that kind of makes me quite tenacious and quite dogged in my goals and my, yeah. it, um, and I do, I, I struggle quite a lot actually to get out of bed some mornings <laughs> and quite often, especially recently, I've ended up running in the middle of the day or the afternoon just because I haven't been able to get out of bed and the 5am alarm goes <laughs> off. Um, oh. But I think, uh, yeah, like if, for me, if I have a, if I have a goal and it's something that scares me, so Ironman really scared me, it scares mm. me into just going, you know, instead of going ah, I'll just do it later to kind of going no you've got to do it now. <laughs> otherwise you're never going to get this done and you can't catch up that training yeah, really you can never, no you yeah. definitely can't no. you've got to put it you know um I've learned in it's been 10 years now I guess that I've been doing this and I've definitely learned that consistency is king you know if yeah. you if you if you show up every day and even if you just run for for 20 minutes um you know it it, it all kind of adds up to race day and you actually being prepared and ready to, to tackle what you've got to do so tell me what sort of races do you line up for now we're not talking obviously not triathlon and yeah. they seem to be more trail so tell us about that what kind of races do you like to turn up for yeah well I mean I love adventure um mm -hmm. so I so the kind of races that appeal to me I like running long distances um mm -hmm. my preferred distances is somewhere between 50k and sort of 85 kilometers so yes. 50 kilometers to 50 mile kind of races but I've done a fair few hundred kilometer races now too wow but I, I like the the journey of a, of a race so mm -hmm. I prefer to do um 
more mountainous races or races where it's a point to point or a big loop where you get to see lots of scenery and things you know a, a bit of variety so going from a forest to say a ridge line to running around a lake or something so I don't really do any of the I'm not really into the last man standing type events where you yeah. run around the loop for <laughs> however long or you know those loop sort of um 24-hour events don't really appeal yeah. to me I, mm -hmm. I definitely prefer the the destination races and mm -hmm. the event you know those adventure type events where yeah you run from one spot to the next and you see something different and on the trails obviously too is your yeah yeah definitely love I love trail running I think because purely because I have spent so much of my life out in the bush and in nature yeah. and it's such a big part of who I am and what I appreciate yeah. I I just love nature and the environment um to be able to spend my free time in it is also just great so yeah I love trail running unfortunately I don't do a lot of trail running um during the week because um well for two reasons that you know obviously it's it it takes quite a lot of work to get to yeah. the trails when you live in the city and hopefully that's going to change soon but oh. um um hoping to to move a bit closer to trails but um Wonderful. but at the moment I also get a lot of benefit out of road running just from a fitness perspective. Yeah. So it has to be done. So I still yeah. do a lot of road running in my training. So number well, the first thing, just a tiny back step. Did, did you finish your PhD? With I'm still training? doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's still going. It's the perpetual PhD. It's one of those. I know those. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I have a lot of friends who think it's hilarious. I'm still going on this. Um, I don't think it's that funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I am very close to finishing it. COVID's kind of uh, delayed a few things for me with yeah. it. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's been a bit of a challenge the last two years. But, um, yeah, it should be finished within the next 18 months. So that'll be a big, be a big goal that you will have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to finally getting getting it and having people call me Dr. Paranda. Oh, <laughs> That'd be right. so exciting. Every, from then on, everyone has to call me doctor. <laughs> so. And then you'll spend most of your time for people who don't know you going, but I'm not a medical doctor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely not going to go on my airline tickets, that's for sure. <laughs> that's, you could have been called into all sorts of emergencies if that's the case on your airline ticket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I don't want to be <laughs> So at any one time, have you always got a race that you're training for? Or pretty much yeah um okay. yeah pretty for? much um oh, this now? year is really scary and big because a few things happened that I didn't quite anticipate but um yeah I, I tend to um if I don't have something to train for I tend to get a bit lost um yeah. and I mean I really enjoy running but I definitely wouldn't be doing mileage if I wasn't training for a particular event I'd probably just be going off on a, on a nice little trot around the place and it would be unstructured and you know is it that fear you were talking about before like that you just like you are fearful that if you turned up to the start line of a race unprepared that it would be unpleasant or more unpleasant than it needs to be if that makes sense more unpleasant than it, than it would be anyway but also that I wouldn't achieve the goal and so okay. so this year um I I entered a couple of races where you have to qualify and be mm. selected through a lottery process. And I was surprisingly successful <laughs> in both of the races <laughs> I applied for, which is actually really 
scary and the reason why you have to qualify is because they're hard and Uh so um and you know they have tight cutoffs with the course is really hard the terrain is hard the conditions and so if I don't train properly for them then I won't achieve that goal Yeah. yeah um and and it's not something I think comes around very often so um so in four weeks time I'm doing a six foot track marathon which mm-hmm. is down in the Blue Mountains and it's a 45 kilometer uh, trail race and yeah. it has quite tight cutoff times it's pretty serious you know you yeah. really have to you have to keep moving you, there's no procrastinating at aid stations that can happen Having a it's chat. a real <laughs> yeah it's a serious it's a serious race and you've got to get yourself and there's a big there's a really big climb in the middle of it it's about sort oh, of 10 wow. to 15 kilometers of climbing yeah. in the middle yeah yeah so and and it's so you know there's a lot of um a lot of opportunity to to not hit cut off and um so yeah so if the work's not there if you don't if you haven't done the the work then I'm not going to finish the race that's the Mm. reality and um and I want to I you know I didn't apply because I just thought it would be a nice thing to do I genuinely (laughs) wanted to achieve that so um and then the other one the big one um I uh, I was successful in getting into UTMB CCC this year so um I would think most most (laughs) trail runners probably know (laughs) what that is but um yeah it's kind of the UTMB is Ultra Trail Mont Blanc and it's run out of um, Chamonix and uh, basically there's a whole load of races. It's, it's a week-long um, festival. Not in Australia. So it's out of France, in France and, yeah. and effectively um, there's, a, there's, there's a number of different races that make up the, f- the, f- the full UTMB festival of running. Um, but they pretty much all kind of in some way or another go run, you run around Mont Blanc. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pretty significant elevation, you're altitude, you're running in the French, Swiss, Italian Alps. Yep. Oh, um, and it's kind of seen as one of the pinnacle races in the, in the trail running, ultra running calendar. Um, it's one of them a multi-day uh, yeah, there's a multi-day. That's part of it. So I think 300-odd sure. kilometres. Someone I've had on the podcast, I think, has done the multi-day one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, <laughs> I mean, it's all hard. There's nothing, there's no easy race in, in UTMB. So CCC is 101 kilometres. Um, and um, there's a there's a 100-mile race, which is the sort of signature UTMB mm-hmm. race. And then there's a, a, there's a race um, that's, I think, 104. 40 kilometers or 130 kilometers and then ccc which is 101 kilometers as well as a couple of others and i'm doing ccc so um again it's that's at the end of august and so um there's there's obviously time but it's one of those races where you really have to prepare for it because um the cutoffs are, are they're generous if you think about it in general terms but in terms of running at altitude and the terrain and there's mm. about 6,200 meters of elevation gain during that oh, race. Wow. So it's a significant event in terms of elevation. Um, it's one, one that you really need to train for. So to finish it and, you know, a lot of people get, get, get over there and they don't finish it. And that, mm. I just think that would be so disappointing because to go that far geez, the pro- but yeah. And the process to get in is so complicated and convoluted and it's only getting harder 
we so carry COVID I, with that as well. So yeah, you know, exactly. the complicated yeah. just traveling just to get yeah, yeah, exactly. So and you know, you have to to get into it, you have to um have completed particular races that are recognized by the organizers yeah. um, within a certain time. Um, and um, and then you have to you you then have to apply through the lottery process and then be selected. And there's some people who've who've been applying five years in a row and still haven't been selected. So oh, I'm very wow. fortunate. I'm very very grateful that I've got this opportunity. It's been a goal of, of mine. Yeah, definitely. It's been a goal of mine for probably about five years since I heard about the event and decided that it was something I'd really like to tackle. So I'm pretty stoked that I got in. Um, I was also really gobsmacked because I didn't expect it. I thought I'd still needed to do a lot more work on my race times, my qualifying race times to even be considered. But yeah, I'm pretty stoked that I'm in. Wow. I wonder if, yeah, well, uh, there's a woman that I spoke to I can't remember her name already. <laughs> She's from Victoria. You probably know her. Um, can't remember her name. But she um, told me that she often will go online and and apply for different races. You know, the really long ones in America, and and she's done that one as well. And and there's a long one here now in West Australia or something. She was talking about too, a multi day oh, yeah. as well. Might be 250 kilometers or something. Yeah, that's probably Delirious West, I'd say. That sounds yeah. right. Because yeah. <laughs> it was a silly name as well. And uh, as well as a silly, seems like a silly thing to do. But uh, yeah, she would just uh, apply. And then when she'd get it, get in, it would just, you know, like, oh no, <laughs> like I'm yeah, in, yeah. I better start training. <laughs> it's like, yeah, wow. it's funny because I hadn't really planned to, I had actually before COVID and everything else happened um, with the pandemic, I had intended to do it last year. Actually, that was kind of my original target. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the pandemic hit at the beginning of 2020, I kind of parked the idea and just decided that I'd just focus on local races and just getting through this mm-hmm. pandemic, uh, yeah. you know, as best as I could, like everybody else did. Yeah. Um, but then um, I actually found out that quite a few of the races I had done in the last two years qualified me um, for for the race for, for oh, CCC. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and I decided I'd, I'd apply and just, you know, because every time you apply and you're not successful, you get a bit slightly better chance than the next time. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'll start that process now at least, then I can, you know, then I can yeah. think about it in, you know, in the next couple of years. And then, yeah, when I got in, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> suddenly I've got a big, big trip to plan and, you know, so, I've got to get myself ready. So, yeah, lots of hill running is happening at the moment. Wow. Just just thinking of it, like it's not the not the race. That there, well, maybe it is. I've, as I've got older, if there's something to do with, with going, turning up to the start line, I get really anxious. And I often mm. wonder, and especially something like that, just thinking about that, and you know all of the effort that you need to do just to train to be ready for it and then get on a plane and then travel to get to the start line I would just be the nastiest person until I started running once I start running I'm fine (laughs) but my anxiety levels and it seems to be the bigger the race and all of that the worse my anxiety is yeah do you do it horrible no I'm horrible the day before a race my poor partner Chris would have to testify to that I am so horrible the day before a race um I when it's something like that which I find a little something that kind of I find daunting Mm. I'm generally okay before 50 kilometer races I've done plenty of 50ks now and in training I don't really get that nervous before a 50k Mm. event but something like 100 kilometers I get or something 
with a cutoff where I'm not not 100% confident that I'm going to be able to, I know it's going to be a hard day. Um, I get really nervous and quite anxious and I kind of, I just need to kind of be in this process of getting my stuff organized and making sure I've got my bottles filled and everything laid out properly the night before and, you know, having a decent meal that I know isn't going to upset my stomach and go to bed early and try and get enough sleep and yeah I just kind of get consumed with not faffing around too much and making sure I feel like comfortable that I've done everything I can to be ready Mm -hmm. um so yeah I can be pretty horrible the day before a race (laughs) and I've always feel so bad <laughs> but, I'm, I, but I know that it's going to happen and uh, there's nothing I can do about it but yeah <laughs> I know um we I often have gone away with with friends to do you know like a marathon or or a, a small ultra and um they're like oh we're going out for dinner the night before and I'm like uh, I'm not coming <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can't yeah, even imagine I'm the same can't imagine yeah I have all sorts of weird dietary issues anyway that um you know like day-to-day living I can deal with them but the day before a race I just I just need plain pasta and tomato sauce you know I don't want to go out and eat something with garlic or onions in it that's gonna you know cause me a problem the day that, that night or the next day so what so far of all these amazing races that you've done what's your favorite Oh, that's a really hard one. Um, I think last year I did the Washpool, so the um, Trail Running Association of Queensland, the track mm-hmm. race, Washpool. Um, I did the 52 kilometres and that's in Washpool and National Park and Gibraltar yeah. National Park in sort of northern New South Wales. Um, I I was probably running the best I've been running um, prior to that race. And I went in it really scared that, I wasn't going to meet the cutoffs, which was completely unfounded because I ended up coming sick female. And so I was really stoked um, with that performance. Yeah. And it was a a real shift change for me as, Mm -hmm. as a, as a runner. So, you know, I've always sort of been a middle, middle of the pack runner, you know, have, have had to chase cutoffs in my time, have come dead last in a few races, you know. Just first from the other end. It's all right. If someone has to do it, (laughs) I tell me my kids that someone has to do it. So like. Yeah, and I, you know, I've sort of run through adversity and, you know, having all sorts of issues and problems and races. And so for me to 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 find find this drive and gear that I think it was my glimpse of what it must be like to run at the front of the pack mm-hmm. and, you know, to, yeah. to be chasing down a, down a podium finish. Like I, I kind of felt like it was a real turning point for me in running. Um, oh, wonderful. And also because it was just such a spectacular place to run. I mean, yeah. it's this incredibly beautiful ancient forests and granite boulders and it was really beautiful. So I think that was definitely a, a highlight in my running, my, my racing, my event running career to date isn't it it's amazing um like if someone asked me that question the races I choose are the ones where I felt the and so because you had that experience of you know it was a good day to for you you know it was a good day for you and so that really influences even though you know you've probably I'm sure you've run some beautiful beautiful runs um, that's the one that sticks in your mind because it, it was the yeah. the one that where your head was like everything is working today you know yeah, my body's working I mean, if everything's right it really just kind of like it it 
I think for me it was a real turning point because it really mm. showed me that I had what it took to be a better runner and yeah. that a lot of what was holding me back previously was really just my own self-doubt and yeah. I think if you pigeonhole yourself into oh I'm just a middle of the pack runner or mm-hmm. you know I'm not as good as you know I'm never going to get a podium finish um, then you never really truly find out what you're capable of and I think for mm. me like something happened something clicked and during that race where um, I really sort of let go of that and believed in my own abilities and I and, and knew that I was capable of so much more and I kind of proved it to myself so I think yeah from that perspective but then on the flip side I'd say the other one would be the one where it completely was a complete disaster <laughs> but I still finished and it was a real um, amazing achievement because I still got it done despite everything else yeah. that happened and uh, that would be the Hillary which unfortunately hasn't been run for the last few years because of carry carry die back in New Zealand so it's a, a event a 80 kilometer event that's held on the north island of new zealand mm-hmm. on the west coast and it's, it's absolutely spectacular <laughs> the course is just unbelievable it's so beautiful um and i hadn't trained enough and i hadn't taken new zealand trail seriously enough and i kind of half-assed went into the race and it really kicked me up the backside that yeah and I had all sorts of I was chasing cutoffs and it was just not the way you ever want to do a race and um and I uh it really taught me a big lesson about taking these sorts of things seriously and but then at the same time I learned so much about myself and how much grit and determination I have and I think yeah for me um, it's one of the ones that I remember most fondly because some really funny things happened during that race. Like I had really bad cramp in the middle of a creek <laughs> and, and there was Saturday afternoon in the summer in New Zealand. And so the creek was full of people having picnics <laughs> and a nice afternoon. And I'm there kind of cramping in the middle oh. of this creek. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, you know, it was a hilarious day. Oh. Um, but um <laughs> But I, yeah, I, also, I often tell those stories quite with quite fond memories. Because <laughs> they're, they're not great at that moment, but looking on reflection, <laughs> they're yeah. good stories. That's one of yeah. those. Yeah, that, that race is certainly full of good stories. <laughs> I know. Like, Pat, I think Pat, I did everything wrong. Pat Farmer talks about the distance running thing and how for him he loves the way a distance race will pull you down, like literally destroy you and then build you back up again by the time you finish and that's almost what you described then isn't it it's like you completely you know you're running in fear for the uh the cutoffs and you know you're having cramps and I assume other things are going on and it just wasn't that pleasant (laughs) and then but by the time you finish you're really proud of yourself because you did achieve it and you did get there and so you it sort of builds you back up again it's that kind of you learn a lot about yourself as you said yeah, I think any any kind of distance running is a huge mental game. And of course, you have to be physically capable of doing it and fit and healthy and have put the training in so that your, your body can respond to what you're asking it to do. But a huge amount of what we do in these ultras and trail events is, is mental. And mm. mental training is a lot harder to do, I think. And, and um, like I it's certainly what appeals to me in doing this. It's not because I want to win a race or become a professional runner. I just, it's not for any of those reasons. I do it because it really pushes me mentally. And I, and I feel like as somebody who likes to be pushed um, in other aspects of their life, I, I feel like it really helps me kind of reassure myself that I'm very capable of doing things. So I think it's hard, uh, like 
it's hard sometimes when you're you know you're not really that confident in your own mm. abilities to kind of convince yourself that you're capable and I think doing finishing these races every time I finish one I'm kind of like you are capable of doing this and so much more so yeah I think the positive feeling that I get from doing it is it's certainly addictive and it's why I do so so many races and and um, they don't always go very well but some when they do it's such a great feeling. So do you think um, you know we talk sometimes on the podcast about how what running can do in the rest of your life so as you said it's the when you finish those um knowing the mental stuff you have to go through to get there i i can finish this 100k race or 50k race in fact for some people i can finish this 5k race or run or whatever then there's nothing i can't do you know it just filters into the rest of your life it gives you that um, more confidence to do other things in your life even if they've got absolutely nothing to do with running I find that's um, quite common for a lot of runners that strength of character yeah, I or think, something mm. I think so I mean I've always been a very strong character I think my my mum and my sister probably would attest to that but <laughs> um, but I think um, yeah I mean confidence building is definitely a big thing I mean I work in a in a male-dominated industry yeah. and it can sometimes be really hard to kind of be assertive without being seen as being a bitch and and um and I feel like you know when I feel like I I feel when I finished a race that I really am capable and I belong there and I deserve to be where I am um it kind of does help me a bit in other aspects like you know I deserve to be in the doing what I'm doing in the position I'm in at work or you know making decisions in in my career or or life that you know I'm capable and I'm and I deserve to be there and I'm worthy of it so yeah for sure it definitely helps I think um I certainly have a bit more confidence in my career than I do in my running um I know that I'm actually good at what I do for a living which is why I'm still employed <laughs> but um whereas I don't often feel like I'm very good at running but then at the end of the day I'm the first person to say to other people that you're a runner if you run it doesn't yeah. really matter who you are um, what you do or what times you do really the times yeah have nothing to and do I think it. there's so much emphasis put on the fastest people yeah. and the people who come first or you know what people are achieving and not as much emphasis put on the people who are just getting out there and getting it done every day and you know everyone's personal goals are, are, are their goals they're not anybody else's goals and I think um if it makes you feel more confident and stronger in who you are and what you can achieve then it's such I mean it's so valuable like mm. everybody should be doing it or whatever yeah. it is even if it's you know I don't know speed sewing or something <laughs> whatever it might be that makes you feel worthy and and capable of doing things then that's what you should be doing that's what you should be doing I agree with that that's a lovely way to put it I love speed sewing I'm gonna take it up next I'm <laughs> or <terrible> not. At <laughs> I try, but I really love it. Um, when do you think you called yourself a runner? Oh, God. Um, you know, sometimes I still don't really call myself a runner, but I, I am one, <laughs> obviously. It's what I, I do it several times a week. <laughs> um, but I'd say it would have probably been um, when I really started um, focusing more on running versus triathlon. So okay. I'd say... I remember doing, I, I signed up for this um, 15 kilometer 
14, I think it was 14 or 15 kilometer race in Brisbane called, um, oh, I can't even remember what it's called. <laughs> A race city in Brisbane. To, yeah, it's kind of like Brisbane's equivalent of city to surf, but it's not okay. as big as city to surf. Yeah. Um, and, um, and at the time running that distance was really, was, felt really daunting. I remember mm -hmm. feeling really nervous about having to run 14 kilometers nonstop. And um, when I finished it and I did it in a much better time than I expected to do it and I really enjoyed it and I found it quite easy. That's I think when I really felt like I was a runner. Yeah. I think when running feels, feels easy, mm. um, doesn't matter what speed you're going, but when it feels easy, then I think, yeah. I, yeah, I definitely feel like a runner when it feels like it's a natural thing to do. And have you had any injuries actually? Have you, or have you in your running career? I have. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I've had, I, I got quite bad shin splints early on and, um, and had a stress fracture in, in my oh. shin. Um, oh. <laughs> and that was probably when I was just doing too much. Um, yeah. I was playing netball twice a week and mm -hmm. had picked up my running and um, my physio at the time said, I think you've got to decide which one you want to pursue, oh, whether wow. it's running or netball, but you probably can't do both. So I chose running and I stopped playing netball probably about, eight years ago now and I miss it but you know I, I prefer running so um and uh and I really did myself a, a number a few years ago I was over in New Zealand and I ran the Old Ghost Road so Old yeah. Ghost Ultra which is like a 85 kilometer point to point race in mm -hmm. um the South Island and um about halfway through about probably about 40 kilometers into the race I I rolled my ankle and I actually tore three ligaments. Oh, wow. Um, but I was adamant I was going to finish the race, so I just bandaged it up. And I <laughs> knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I took some painkillers and got on with the day. And it was a horrible day after that. There was really, there was a lot of tears and a bit of vomiting. But, um, but uh, that took a long time to recover from. But aside from that, I have the odd bit of Achilles tendonitis and some plantar fasciitis every now and again it's never stopped me from running um but um and I think that has just comes down to how much I run um yeah but uh, it's one of those trade-offs where I go oh, well a little bit of a little bit of foot pain as long as I'm stretching my legs properly and my feet properly before and after runs I can manage it and yeah that's that's about it really nothing major so have, was any of those where you had to really stop running for a period of time? When I did my ankle. With the ankle, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, did, I had, did, when I had... How was that? It was really hard. I mean, I have a tendency to be a bit lazy. So I so I, I don't really cool. have a problem with a rest day. I'm quite happy to have a rest day from running. <laughs> but that was hard because um, because I it was, it was a good two months before I was mm. allowed to run wow. again. And, um, and then it was... It was probably four months in total before I was back running anywhere where I had been running prior to the injury. So um, it was hard because I kind of didn't really know what to do with myself. I suddenly had this time mm. that I hadn't had before. I mean, I you know probably should have written my PhD. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, um, but it was more kind of like, I just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I always feel so much better for going for a run. I mean, even yeah. if I, sometimes yeah. I get up and I go, oh, I really can't be bothered. Mm. I never regret going for a run. So I just didn't, yeah, I didn't have that. That was, it was hard. It was really hard. But I think yeah. um, I, I kind of did a lot more swimming and other things. So I rode yeah. my bike a bit more and, and did that kind of stuff. I guess having that multi-sport 
background that was helps helpful. keep you yeah. moving yeah yeah how long do you think you'll run for oh forever I hope so I hope forever I always said that the only time I'm ever going to get a podium spot is if I keep going until I'm 80 <laughs> I've been saying that since I was about 25 <laughs> <laughs> yeah um no I would like to think I can run I'd like to run as long as my body lets me run um it's something that is so even though trial running these days isn't exactly the cheapest sport because you end up with you know, packs and shoes and poles and all sorts of things. But you travel. You seem to travel a lot. I don't think you get on a plane unless there's a race involved at the other end by the sound of it at the moment. Um, no, actually, I get, I got on planes, well, obviously for not work. very much during COVID, but I for work. Uh, yeah, and work has work takes me all over the world, which is That's really great. Um, and I've been very fortunate. I've pretty much been to every single continent except for Antarctica. I've probably travelled to more than 100 countries. They have now. a race in Antarctica, I think. I know, but you have to be very rich to be able to do that race. <laughs> I think there's better things to be spending my money on at the moment. They also have an Antarctica. environment there, I'm sure. Maybe work needs you to go there at some point. <laughs> I would love to go to Antarctica with the Australian Antarctic Division. I don't know if anybody on the podcast listens to that. Well, <laughs> Who works being here there. in Tassie, we're closer. <laughs> but unfortunately. Um, Unfortunately, my specialty is tropical and subtropical marine environments, so it's not really relevant. The Earth but is heating up, and before we know it, <laughs> unfortunately, God, hope, if they need you I down there, it won't be a good thing. So, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I, I do get to travel a lot, um, mm. uh, and I do like the fact that I can put a pair of running shoes in my bag, yeah. and I can do it everywhere as long as it's yeah. safe. I mean, there's been a few places where I've kind of decided not to run because it's yeah. not been very safe I, mm -hmm. unfortunately well fortunately and unfortunately a lot of places I go are not developed developed yep. countries yeah. as such so there's a safety factor in that but um yeah I just I hope that I'll be running for for yeah. as long as I can physically run oh yeah we've done a bit of traveling as well and uh, my husband runs as well and so when we are in an undeveloped area um, of the world um, he will come running with me and it feels a bit safer because <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. understand what you mean I remember in one place in the Philippines we're actually just there for a friend's wedding but and it was kind of in the middle of nowhere and we decided to go for a run in the morning and uh, all the people of the village came out and just looked and laughed at us because they couldn't work out yeah. like we were running to catch a bus so we were like nobody runs like just to go for a run they're running because they miss something or they're trying to catch something yeah <laughs> it's funny I think when you travel internationally especially if you travel to to the less developed parts of the world you realize what a what a privilege it is to be able yeah. to just run for fun exactly. you know I, I think um I, I certainly have a really big um appreciation for the privilege that I have been afforded yeah. by simply by being born where I was born I mean yeah. I'm actually not full British uh, I'm at, well I'm in Australia now but my my dad is is from India was from ah, India so hence that'll be the, the surname <laughs> nine letter surname that no one could say um yeah so um so there was a, a, a moment there where I almost was born and raised in India oh wow and my parents made a, a last minute decision to kind of come back so yeah. um to the UK where my mum's British so yeah. um I think I, I kind of very acutely aware of how different life mm. could have been. Yeah, the different um, cultures and, and the 
yeah for sure and also the privilege that we have you know it's safe to run in Australia like I can go for a run at six o'clock in the morning on my own and not even think about it twice just say hi Um, to the people like like on Sunday mornings we always say hi to the people walking home on their Saturday nights out (laughs) that's yeah that's quite entertaining quite funny (laughs) but I think also here in Australia it's like so many people run like I mean Brisbane because of the climate everybody's up Mm. quite early a lot earlier than the rest of the country and yeah um if you go out for a run at 5.30 in the morning anywhere in, in Brisbane in the, in the city, there's already there's already 100 people out there already doing the same thing you are, you know, like, you know, big packs of cyclists who are, you know, just heading out for, for a river loop yeah. at 5.30 or, you know, other people running, you know. So, I mean, it's just, to us, it's just normal. But then you go somewhere like the Philippines, like you said, and yeah. everyone's like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think it's easy to take it for granted a little bit. We do. I love that's so true. And we did think a lot about that when we did a batch of traveling because it was quite glaring. <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. There isn't lots of people out doing what we're doing for different reasons um, and yeah. often culturally as well. Um, what does your running schedule look like in your typical week now? Like, we've always got a goal, and I suppose you have plans depending on the distance of the run and the terrain um, yeah. of what you need to do. But what kind of how much running do you do during the week? Are you running most days or how do you? Yeah, um, I try to run five days a week. That's kind of pretty much what my body can handle. I've learned over the years of yeah. doing too much and too little. I've found a sweet spot. So I usually have two, two non-running days a week, which is usually um, Mondays and Thursdays. Um, yeah. I do my long running on the weekends because I have the most time Saturdays and Sundays. Um, I don't have a huge number of commitments and mm-hmm we're lucky we don't have kids so I don't have to try and fit around their schedules yeah. so um so my long runs are generally on the weekends and I generally do them on trails um during the week I do more shorter runs I, I tend to do a speed one speed session a week yeah um and try to do a hill, hilly session a week mm-hmm. just to kind of um because often on a long run I might not run up every single hill I might hike a lot of the hills yeah. um yeah on a longer run um so I try to do a session during the week that's shorter where I run up every hill yeah um or I do hill repeats or something like that but then otherwise I try to keep my my running quite easy mm-hmm. so that um so that I can run more frequently mm-hmm. without the, the the huge stress on my body um and uh, I'm much better in the mornings if I if I don't get up and run first thing and it's very unlikely to happen the rest of the day I have yeah. to run first thing otherwise um, yeah. yeah, work takes over and then I get tired and then I can't be bothered to go out the door when it gets to five o'clock. So yeah. I'm exactly Morning like that unless I'm meeting somebody. Yeah. I'd be, I'm exactly like that unless I'm meeting somebody. Yeah. And it's like, that, then I will go, like yeah. if, there, if it's an afternoon run with a group, then I, I will more likely to go if I've committed to go to that. Do you, so are you mostly running by yourself in this training? But yeah, these days I am. I used to run a, a fair bit with, with a group, but um, I, I just I just find I I had a, a few health problems in the last year or so just mm-hmm. um and 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 I find that um I can get really tired really easily and especially if I don't have a very good night's sleep so it's easier yeah. just to run alone because then I don't have to commit to, to 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 meeting somebody and if I if I don't feel like if I'm feeling too tired then yeah. I can kind of run later so um I tend to run alone a lot these days um 
but I have a couple of, of faithful friends who <laughs> who I do a fair bit of my long running with at least so um so I do love running with other people mm. but yeah it's easier to run alone sometimes unfortunately do you listen to things or do you run without listening to things <laughs> or both yeah um <laughs> I never used to listen to anything when I was running and it probably about a year and a bit ago, I started, I bought my first pair of running headphones and I um, started listening to music. So my preference is music when I'm running, but mm-hmm. if I'm trying to maintain a cadence, I listen to podcasts just because it's easier to maintain a specific cadence to podcasts. So oh, otherwise you. I get distracted by the music. <laughs> so <laughs> like to the to the rhythm of the music I guess that's what you're so that yeah yeah it. yeah I yeah I start running to because I I quite music I love music and I'm quite musically minded so when oh, I if awesome. I'm listening to music I tend to run to that rhythm and which means that if the rhythm isn't consistent from song to song I'm changing my pace too much or my cadence too oh, much <laughs> so yeah if I'm trying to be very specific on on cadence or pace I'll run to a podcast rather than music but music is my preference for running yeah I just uh, sound like a really groovy runner you know like somebody who's running along with them <laughs> oh, I don't know <laughs> it probably look really stupid but I don't oh, really I'm care sure what people anyway. think yeah, <laughs> I don't really, I mean I don't think I I don't think anybody looks good in running gear to <laughs> even if you're like you know the leanest fastest <laughs> most perfect form runner I don't think anybody looks that great running gear so I, I just kind of let that one go <laughs> if people think I look weird that's totally fine it's about having fun isn't it <laughs> yeah. and not caring what other people think because we don't yeah it's best if we don't <laughs> and that's the yeah. way we need to move on um if uh you didn't have running in your life what do you think you'd be missing what would your life be missing if you didn't have running hmm. I think the like the endorphins that come from running are definitely something that makes me feel better yeah so I think it's that be that feeling of of feeling better physically and mentally mm-hmm. I think that's I'd, I'd miss that kind of like satisfaction that you get after a run where you've worked hard and you know you kind of go oh, you know that was good like yeah yeah that's what I've missed and and also the social aspect of it I mean I know I don't run with a lot of people anymore but running in the past has given me a huge connection to community and mm-hmm. um I'm still a very active and 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 um you know happy member of the broader trail running community in, yeah. in southeast Queensland in particular so um and I've met a lot of people through running who I don't think I would have met, I met my partner through running um oh. you know and so um yeah I'd miss I'd miss the community aspect of running if I if I wasn't doing it that's for sure does your partner he runs oh yeah, yeah. Runs? yeah. he's a much better runner than me if <laughs> we don't often run together because he's much quicker than I. <laughs> that my husband and I are, are um yeah he would be a better runner than me if he ran more and ate less <laughs> Oh, yeah. but um <laughs> maybe uh, i would be too if i also ran more and ate less <laughs> but uh, but um but, yeah different times because we've been running together for 20 plus years so yeah different times of our running careers he's been faster i've been faster but generally if it's anything over 10k i'm just there for the like you i'm the diesel i will just keep and so even if he's running faster than me, I, he's never been able to beat me over a longer distance. So. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Good. So it's, it's that yeah. kind of little, ever, what is it? Um, the hare and the tortoise. <laughs> yeah. 
the range. Yeah, that's least. good. So I can just yeah. always go to it. I just go longer. So um, that that's how that works for us as well. But it is nice to have have someone around who knows what you're doing. You see, also um, like you um, signing up for crazy races and doing things like that, or does not, he... not really? He's he's far more calculated about it than I am. I'm definitely driven more by my heart <laughs> when it comes to it. Um, his perf- he, he he performs really well at the 50k um, oh, distance, wow. and so that's his preference for races. Um, so yeah. 30 to 50 kilometers. So. Um, he's been quite he's quite selective in choosing which races he does and then he works mm-hmm. really hard towards that and he sets himself quite mm-hmm. specific goals um, yeah. and and he does very well um, yeah. he, you know he, he he's the kind of guy that can finish on the podium you know yeah. if, if, he, if he has the, a good amount of preparation and, yeah. and, and then know, a good race day yeah um, he, he could he could definitely finish on the podium if not win so um so he's definitely more calculated and he picks those sorts of races whereas i'm less like you know oh, i just want to do this race because it's amazing and then i enter and then it's like oh crap now we have to work out how we're gonna do this (laughs) how are we gonna do this (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i think that's probably quite characteristic of our relationship in general he's he's definitely more like calculated (laughs) (laughs) whereas i'm just like yeah let's do it (laughs) so yeah, well, it sounds like a good mix. Yeah, yeah, it works. You need well. to have a little bit of both. I think that's great. <laughs> yeah, um, I probably annoy him, but he, he I'm sure you me. don't. I'm sure you don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, is there anything that we haven't covered about running that you think we should have talked about today, Gemma? That you want to share about running? Not so much. I don't think so. I mean, I guess the only thing, I, it, it's such a huge learning experience and, and I don't think I've got it right. You know, even though I've been doing this now for 10 years, I still don't think I've kind of got it right or worked out and I'm still always learning and um, always looking for advice from people who, who have a different kind of lived experience to me or, you know, I, I definitely value having a coach um, or somebody who I can ask questions to. And so, um, I've been coached on and off for the last 10 years, but um, there's oh. definitely, I find value in having a, a coach. So, yeah, I don't think so. I think it's just, I'm just still learning and working it out. Yeah. I think it's a journey. Like after, you know, I've been running consistently myself since I was about 26 and I'm 53 now and um, it changes. Like you never actually get anywhere because, you know, for me now that people maybe don't want to hear this, but I'm about to hit menopause. And so life, you know, your body yeah. changes a bit. And so as a result, you know, what you can do or what you could do in your twenties and thirties doesn't look the same in your fifties. And so you have to change yeah. it a little bit. And so I don't know that you ever actually get to a place. It's all a journey. And as long as you're enjoying the journey, that's mm. the important part. And that's what keeps you getting out the door. Yeah, I think that actually hits on a really good point and something that perhaps I wouldn't mind mentioning is that, mm. um, you know, like I, I really struggle sometimes with with body image, especially. I mean, I'm not the skinniest person in the world. I don't look like the average runner. I, you know, I'm, I'm 158 centimetres tall on a good day. Oh. <laughs> and so I'm a little person and I'm but I'm but I'm not a little skinny person. I'm a bit of a tank. <laughs> wrong (laughs) I'd like to think so but I think I also probably eat too many corn chips but um but I (laughs) so so you know I think it's it's a hard thing you know when you're when you're out there at 
races and 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 you don't really feel like you fit in because yeah. you're not necessarily you don't look like whatever a runner is supposed to look like you don't look like one but I think the biggest thing for me recently is um, I've never really had to worry too much about my health and my fitness. I've, I've been very fortunate and very healthy. And um, last year I I, um, I was diagnosed with endometriosis and, mm-hmm. and um, had to undergo what ended up being a really major operation oh, in the wow. middle of the year, mm-hmm. um, which... Um, which kind of changed the, the game for me in terms of my running and, and, mm. and what I used to be able to do without a thought suddenly became a bit more of an effort. That's sort of what I mean with the fatigue and, and, yeah. and not being able to necessarily commit to going and running with friends at 4am. I just yeah. can't always, I just can't always do it because yeah. I phys- physically can't do it. Um, yeah. And that's been a, a real change for me. And also in that process, I, I, I gained a fair amount of weight and yeah. it, my body isn't, the same as it used to be yeah. you know it doesn't just working differently it's processing yeah, and, food and and uh, exercise differently like yeah exactly yeah. and I think it's um it's been a bit of a journey for me to kind of accept that and to just accept that this is how it is now and mm-hmm. this is what I've got to work with so let's work with it mm. and it's still a process but I guess if anybody else is re- listening yeah. to this who's going through something similar it's like you know it's a process and yeah. you kind of just have to to learn that this is this is what happens as you get older or things change you know you can't compare yourself to what you were doing you know I often think back to oh you know I was when I was at my fittest and I I ran 5k's in this time and it's like well yeah that was you know that was last year or the year before or before you had an operation or whatever and it's things are just evolving You, you know nothing's ever the same it's that um the word acceptance is what yeah. pops into my mind. And I think it's something we all need to spend some time with, with different aspects of our lives. And that is accepting like what's right now and making the most of it. Because as you yeah. said, that dwelling in the past or always focusing on the future is not really making mm. the most of right now as well. And what you do have yeah. and what you can do. And obviously you're still I out think, there doing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I think um, those who are closest to me, one of the things that I've heard the most in the last 18 months from those people who are closest to me is comparison is the thief of joy (laughs) and I'm terrible at doing it you know I'm always comparing not necessarily myself to others although I do that a little bit but it's more that I compare myself now to where I was Mm. five years ago or 10 years ago and you can't you just can't do it and it's easy to say it and hard to to do it but at the same time you really have to accept that this is what I've got and this is what I've got to work with. And this is, these are the legs that'll carry, hopefully carry me around Mont Blanc in August. And, you know, let's just do, do the best we can and, you know, work with my body, not against it. Yeah, exactly. I love that. The working with your body and not against it is really important, I think, because you wouldn't, if you spend too much time working against it, you maybe don't even get to the start line, let alone the first cutoff. Mm-hmm. So exactly. That's exactly uh, right. It's an important element. Oh, I love that. Oh, I think that you'll be, you'll be just fine in this. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> new place that you find yourself in the last eighteen months or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, it's it is what it is. You'll be look at yeah, you're still moving, and then that's. I think we don't um, we don't congratulate ourselves enough for where we are. We spend yeah, a lot of time, I, as we said, looking thinking about the past and worrying about future. 
yeah I think celebrating the, the little things too you know yeah. like I, I went for a, I, I did, went for a group run this morning which is really nice and I actually felt really strong running up the hills and even though I, I wasn't the fastest person running today I felt really good that you know about how that my run went and yeah. how strong I felt and I think that yeah I want to celebrate that it was a really great a really great run and there's really great runs that won't make you get up the next morning yeah. and do another one you know they so will. yeah, yeah. So I assume that's one of the questions I often ask, and I think we maybe talked about it before we got on, and that is that you get out the door because of the goals that you have, like on those days where it's not easy to get out of bed. Mm. It's because of the goals that you have set for yourself. Do you think that's how? Yeah, I I, I tend to find... Um, I'm sorry, I've just got something coming in my house. Right. <laughs> um, just give me one second. Yeah, I'll just you're fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I think it's um, the goals um, get me out of the door. I think it's the fear of the goals <laughs> more than anything. Like, so when I'm scared, <laughs> um, I, 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 uh, I'm motivated more when I'm scared of what I'm doing. <laughs> so, you know, um, six foot track marathon and, and UTMB, CCC scare, it's really scare me. <laughs> so whenever I kind of wake up and I'm like, oh, you know, maybe just, maybe I'll just do my run later or yeah. I won't do it today. I'll swap my days around and I go, no, no. <laughs> that's not going to get you to the start line or to the finish line of any of those races. You've got to get up and you've got to get this done. But then I think it's also important to recognize when you are genuinely fatigued yeah. and you genuinely need a day off. Um, so I've gotten better at, mm. at working that out over the years, but yeah, it's that that gets me out the door, but then also, um, yeah, the fact that you never regret a run. I mean, yeah. it's really hard sometimes, especially in winter when it's a bit cold or it's raining or it's dark, you know, it's yeah. still dark at, early, at, you know, seven o'clock in the morning and you just don't want to go. Um, but, or, or conversely in Queensland when it's like too hot, you know, 35 degrees yeah. <laughs> and, you, and it's 5am um, no. and you don't want to go. But I think, uh, you know, it's always everyone's a good run so yeah. you just kind of have to remember that you will feel good for, for doing this even if you run for 20 minutes and call yeah. it quits it's still better than not doing it at all mm. it's interesting that um that you talk about that knowing your body I think the running helps us know our body a bit more oh yeah but not all like we have to listen yeah I have been guilty of being a runner where I don't listen like I just push and push and push because for whatever oh, yeah. reason and then maybe you get injured or whatever. Um, mm. But it's because I have been too busy in my head and too fo too focused on the goal rather than than the, the listening and, and spending a bit of time in my run. So now I try the beginning of most runs to check in, like the first five minutes of me running is, yeah. is my brain is sort of thinking, okay, how do I, okay, that's cool. You know, what I'm feeling is just the niggle that you feel when you first start sometimes or, and it's not something that's serious. Yeah, those kind yeah, of yeah, absolutely. I kind of feel like um, I think the more you the more you do do anything like running, you know, it's something repetitive that you do, and it's it's an additional stress that you put onto your body. You start to be able to recognize signs of things. So yeah. I certainly can recognize the difference between I can't be bothered and I'm genuinely yeah. fatigued and I need yeah. to have a break. Yeah. Um, but I certainly wasn't that good at it, you know, in the, in the earlier days, you know, with 
like experience has really definitely helped me kind of work out when when to to push through yeah. and when to say it say that I need a break um mm. I don't know that I always get it right, but I think it's certainly made me more in tune with how things are. And I don't know that if I wasn't running that I would really have that ability. I mm. mean, it's obviously hard to say because I don't know the alternative. Yeah. But, um, but I kind of feel like I definitely am more acutely aware of what's happening with my body. And if something doesn't feel right, then if I, if I didn't have that kind of level of awareness because of sport. Yeah, I think that's true. It's interesting. I, I think about it often as we get older, you know, about how lucky I am actually, because I can keep moving. I can go up and down the stairs, you know, I can carry the groceries in and all of that. Um, and it's not a struggle. And I see other people my age, maybe that I went to school with, and it does appear to be a struggle. Some of those simple things, people are aware mm. they haven't had any sport in their life. And you just think I'm really fortunate that I've maintained it uh, for so long yeah. and, and love it as well. But it just, yeah. So this is a... <laughs> An advertisement for all of those out there thinking, should I start? Well, it's a good idea and there's never it's never too late. To get no, started. I definitely think it's never too late. I mean, I just look I look to my mum as an example for that. So yeah. she um so she she semi-retired um when she turned 60. Yeah. And and she had never run. That was sport wasn't something that she that she had done. She was she was a a, a nurse and she yeah. was pretty much devoted to her profession and so she worked a long 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 hours, long hours and a lot yeah. and um she and so she never made time for her health and that and um so she was she was very overweight and had never done any exercise and she um when she suddenly had more time and to focus on herself she lost all of the weight and she started running that's amazing and um and you know she's had to battle injuries and yeah. some 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 other issues through that she's 66 now but she's still you know running park run frequently and and doing That's and amazing. doing things and you know i think that just she just shows that you can it doesn't matter how old you are when you start you just start you know it's just and it was always so hard when you first start i remember when yeah. i first started running again after a period of 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 not running when I was a teenager um and just running a kilometer felt like I was going to die you know and I couldn't even run a kilometer without stopping so um but once you get over that hump um and and it starts to feel easier and you can do it more more consistently you know there's no reason to stop unless no. you break yourself but yeah yeah so don't do it's that. certainly certainly never too late no, don't break yourself <laughs> which which leads us into the final question which is do you have any tips for beginner runners Gemma yeah I think um thinking back to to myself as a beginner runner um I think just just give it a go and put no no expectations or pressures on yourself you know just just start running pick a route I mean I'm one of those people that needs to kind of have a, a set course that I run I like yeah. to run the same thing in training so that I can measure my progress and I find yeah. that's a really helpful thing for beginners mm -hmm. too so if you've got a loop or a set route around your home that yeah. you can do around your suburb that's just maybe it's five kilometers or two kilometers or whatever is, is most comfortable and measurable to you and 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 just run it and and just you know measure your progress mm. and and see how you're going because I think when you start running 
it's really hard to kind of feel like you're getting better yeah. <laughs> at running. Yeah. But if you can, if you can pick a route that you do frequently and you can see that progression, then it's really motivating. Mm. Um, and the other thing is don't get sucked into that you have to run faster and longer and you know I see it so frequently in trail running when people get sucked into a group where everyone's like oh you oh I'm only doing the 50k (laughs) you're running 50 kilometers like I know a whole load of people who would never even drive that far like (laughs) there's no only about a 50 kilometer run so um, so there's always going to be people running further than you and you just need to get over it Yeah, and you know, like that, you don't have to run fifty kilometers. No. If you want to run five kilometers and really make make it your thing, do that. It doesn't matter. Don't don't feel pressured into running further just because that's what other people are doing. It's not about it. Like I've never done a hundred miles, and it's not really on my radar. Maybe I will one day if I feel like that's a goal that I want to achieve. But like right now, it's not. And um, I and there's no pressure to do that because it's not you know and even running 100k I don't like I don't really enjoy running 100 kilometers <laughs> like I I would much prefer to run 50 where I can get it done and have lunch and a nice afternoon like um but you know I think yeah don't get pressured into doing things just because everybody else is doing it and do something that brings you joy and can help yeah. you kind of feel like you're getting better yeah I love it they're great tips thank you Gemma it has been a delight to talk to you and get to know you oh. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, do stay on because I will say goodbye to you off as well. But again, I really appreciate the time you've spent with us and sharing us some of your inspirational story. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.